Welcome to this first teacher on our Pioneer School. Today I'm going to take you through some church history and I'm going to show you that much of what we are doing today is not built on the Word of God, but instead built on our foundation that got laid many years ago by the Catholic Church. And because we are still building on the same foundation, every church somehow looked the same, and we are not effective in making disciples the way Jesus commanded us to. And when we start to see that and change our way of doing, we are going to be so much more effective in making disciples. And we are going to break out of some of the traditions and come into the normal Christian life. The normal Christian life is what we read here, the book of Acts, revival Christianity as we read it in the Bible. What we see behind us is not the normal Christian life. The Bible, the book of Acts is the normal Christian life. And during this teaching, I'm going to help you to see that and to take the first step into the freedom, into the life God has for you, the life we read in the book of Acts. So welcome to this first teaching. Welcome to this Pioneer School. My name is Torben Søndergaard and I'm from Denmark and, and it's a great honor for me to say welcome to you. I believe that this teaching is going to change your life. Many of you have seen my YouTube channel or my website The Last Reformation and, and have heard some of the testimonies what God is doing. And I believe that this teaching is also going to help you to come into this life. The life we are all longing for, the life we read in the book of Acts. And I can say right now I think this is so amazing what God is doing. Because right now I hear testimony every day from people which life have got changed during this teaching. People who have got changed during the way we do disciples. And I can say from the beginning that my heart is to train and equip people. I believe if we somehow change the way we are working, change the way we are teaching, change the way we are preaching the gospel, change the way we are doing disciples, I believe that we can see amazing things happen. And, um, and it don't have to take so long time. Just uh, some days ago there was some body who saw my video from Holland and they chose to come to Denmark to have a vacation here in Denmark at the same time to meet me to go with me out on the street and this was a couple they have four kids and they came with the kids and we talked a little and then we went down in the city where I'm living and they want to somehow learn to heal the sick they want to experience that and none of them have prayed for anybody on the street before who have got healed. And what I did was somehow very simple. It's You find it in the word of God. Jesus said, come and follow me. And people followed Jesus at that time. And Jesus touched the people, not by making a Bible school, but in everyday life. And it was what I did some days ago. I said, come and follow me. And we went down in the city. And it took about 20 minutes for her to pray for the first one who got healed. 20 minutes later, her husband had prayed for the first one who got healed. And it was so amazing there because some of the people they prayed for was from Iceland. It was a football team who was down playing football in Denmark. And some of those people got healed. So later they came with the whole team to us. So suddenly there were standing like 40 people behind us who want prayer. And I said to the new people, the people from Holland, you just pray, you just do it. And there suddenly after 20, 40 minutes, they are standing praying for a group of people where many, many people got healed. And I believe in that hour we were out, there was about 
I don't know, 30 people who got healed. And one of the last two we prayed for, one had a headache, migraine, two years it disappeared. And the other one, she had four years ago been out of accident, car accident. And there was a bone in her body that came out of place. And she had problem in the back four years. And when she pushed her bone, or her back, she could feel the bone in the body. She could feel that this bone don't belong here, something is totally wrong. And the woman from Holland, I just told her, like the other one, just pray. She laid the hands and pray, and this bone went into the body, and she could not feel it anymore, and every pain was gone. And this we experienced in only like one hour. 40 minutes it took for both of them to learn to heal the sick. And now they are going back to Holland, and they are doing the same in Holland, because it's not about me, it's about the Holy Spirit inside of us. And here, this is just one example of how you can train and make disciples in a different way than what we used to by sitting in a church or going to a Bible school. And this is also a kind of Bible school, an online Bible school, but it's very different. And you're going to see that later, that this is not a lot of theology to your head. It's very practical, the teaching I'm going to give to you. Because like the one couple from Holland, we saw their life change. We learned them somehow to come into this life in 40 minutes. How many people do we not have around in the churches in the world today who have been sitting 10 years, 15 years, 20 years and belonging uh, and longing for something like this, but they have not done it? And they still sit that and think that if they just sit and listen, then one day it's going to happen. But to be honest, it's not going to happen if we just do what we have always done. No, we have to dare to stop up and ask ourselves if what we are doing is that the word of God. And do we really create disciples? And I believe that the revival we are standing in front of, the last reformation, is a reformation about creating disciples. Because if we again use the tools God has given us, and make disciples as Jesus called us to. And do it the way he commanded us to do it. We can see so much happen. And I have so many testimonies of people who have been sitting in the church. Maybe the whole life of 20, 40 years. Who somehow never have led anybody to Christ. Never have healed or sick. Never have cast out a demon. Never have have experienced the supernatural life and, and have the testimonies we read in the book of Acts. But just by working with them, maybe one hour, maybe two hours, maybe one day, suddenly their life has changed. And after that, they are continuing living this life. So before, their life didn't look like what we read in the book of Acts. But after just a few hours, their life was looking like what we read in the book of Acts. And I'm going to tell a lot of testimonies like that later during this Bible school. And uh, if you are longing to get used by God, if you are longing to somehow experience how God is using you, then you are come to the right place. If you just want theology and just want to discuss, then this is not the Bible school for you. <laughs> because we have to somehow... Know that it's not only about the right theology, and you're going to see that here. It's really about doing things in a simple way, the way Jesus did it. And it's about open our eyes and get off our religious glasses, and somehow often start from the beginning. What I'm going to do in this first lesson is I'm going to take you through some church history. And many things, church history is not exciting, but this is exciting because this somehow is going to show you why things is the way it is today in the churches in the world today. And it's going to help you to somehow break out of those traditions and come into the life you are longing for, come into the life we read in the book of Acts. I first want to say that here we have the Bible. If I want to Look in the Bible to see how a Christian is going to live. What is a normal Christian life? Where do I have to look then? 
Do I have to look in the Old Testament? No. Because in the Old Testament, you don't find a Christian, a disciple of Jesus like you and me. Because the Old Testament was before the cross, it was before Jesus. It was the Old Covenant and things there was very different than it is today. But somehow many churches and many Christians today still live in the Old Testament with Old Testament mindset. But it's not in the Old Testament we find what a disciple is. Where do I then find it? Is it in the, is it in the four gospels? No, no, it's not in the four gospels. Because the four gospels is, of course, Jesus' word where you see what Jesus called us to do and how he sent his disciples and how Jesus was living and working and how he died on the cross and rose again. But in the four gospels, you don't see any disciples like you and me. Why? Because nobody in the gospels was baptized to Jesus Christ the way we are baptized today. Nobody received the Holy Spirit the way we receive the Holy Spirit today. Because the Holy Spirit was not poured out in the four Gospels. And Jesus was not yet died and rose again. So the four Gospels is somehow still the old covenant. And many Christians today also somehow live in the four Gospels and don't understand that we should not live there. We should live what we read in the book of Acts, the next book in the Bible. Because the book of Acts read about how the Holy Spirit could pour out on people. And how they started to live. And what do you read in the book of Acts? You read about a people who loved God, who loved Jesus, who was willing to take up the cross and follow him. And many died as a martyr. You also read about how the Holy Spirit was working in them. How the Holy Spirit was leading them. How God somehow used them to build his church. And it was like the Holy Spirit goes through the whole book of Acts. Where you see how the Holy Spirit led them by dreams and spoke to them. And how they spoke and how they healed the sick and cast out demons. And this is what we read in the book of Acts. And I want to say the book of Acts, what is that? That is the normal Christian life. And maybe you are coming in a church setting where if you sit in your church and look around you. What you see around you is so different from what you read in the book of Acts. Then I want to say to you that what you see around you is what you see. But this is not the normal life. This is not how it should be like. Because it should be like what we read there. Because if you are sitting in one denomination, one church and you look around you, you get one picture of, oh, this is what it is to be a Christian. But if you are in another church, not a denomination, then you get another picture of what it is to be a Christian. But we should stop up and take the word, the word alone, and take the book of Acts, especially when it comes to what it is to be a disciple and how we should live, and then say to ourselves, this is the same today. Because everybody today believes that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. And we believe that when it comes to salvation. We believe that when it comes to a lot of other things. But what about the life? What about the Holy Spirit? What about the miracles? If he has not changed, what we read in the book of Acts is the same today. Because if he has not changed, the Holy Spirit has not changed. And the book of Acts is not so much about the apostles. And you're going to see that later. The book of Acts is about the Holy Spirit in the first disciples. And how they were living. And he had not changed. The Holy Spirit had not changed. So because of that, our life today should look like the book of Acts. And, and when I start to see that, I start to see some of the things I'm going to share to you during this Bible school. I start to break out of my normal life at that time. And take took one step, one more step. And suddenly I start to see more and more. A life like what we read there. And I have so many amazing testimonies about how God has led me with dreams, with, with, uh, been speaking to me, the Holy Spirit have guided me, how I've seen many people saved and filled with the Holy Spirit without, I pray for them, suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon people and they started to speak in tongues and people were set free from demons. And, and this is somehow starting to be a normal life also for me. 
And I want to say that many of you have heard about this life, but often we hear about it like in China or Africa and in other countries. But what about the West? I'm living in Denmark, it's a Western country. And I want to say that Jesus is the same also here in the West. What they have, what we read in the book of Acts and what we hear about stories in China, we can see here. Why? Because Jesus is the same. And I hope you're ready to receive this teaching because this somehow is going to provoke you. And I, I want to say that from the beginning, God has given me a gift and my gift is to provoke people. Um, and now I had said it, so now I'm allowed to use my gift. And I want to provoke you. I want to say something and show you something you have never heard before. But when you hear it and it's new, then just stop up and think and feel in your heart and look in the word of God. What I'm saying, is that not true? And you will be shocked because you will see that much of what you have been doing unto this day have not been the word of God. It have been traditions. And I'm going to show you that now. I'm going to take you to some church history and show you what foundation we are building on. And it's going to be a really great, uh, big help for you to break out of this. And it's also going to be a teaching I'm going to come back to again and again and again during this Bible school. Because this teaching is going to help you to receive what Jesus is saying. And uh, I'm ready for that. I have a paper here. The Book of Acts. Revival Christianity as we read it in the Bible. The Book of Acts. This is the normal Christian life. It started with the Holy Spirit poor other people and the first disciples how they were living. And I'm going to go through the book of Acts during this Bible school and you're going to see a lot of things there. Uh, but the book of Acts was a few people who changed the world. The Holy Spirit started and it influenced the whole world. And we had like a revival Christianity in the beginning, also a martyr Christianity. Many people died because of their faith. But then something happened, because around year 300, there was an emperor called Constantine, who changed a lot of things of Christianity. Before Christianity was persecuted, and, there, and, and many died because of it, but, but because it grew, the, the emperor Constantine, he took Christianity in, and somehow created a state religion out of it. And many, I don't know how, but many Christians believe that Constantine was a Christian and, and did a good job in the church. But he messed the church up for good. Because he changed, during his time, he changed so many things we are still building on today. And um, out of, I'm going to come with that, out of this time and out of Constantine we got the Catholic Church. But it had a price because many things changed. If I said to you now, a Catholic church, what do people then think of? People think of a very, very big church building. People think of the Pope, think of the priest, think of the mess of the church meeting on Sunday, think of the, the whole setting around the Catholic church. But where do you find all of this in the book of Acts? Where do you find the Pope? Where do you find the priest the way we see it? Where do you find the church meeting? Where do you find the church building? Where do you find the meeting on Sunday? You don't find that in the book of Acts. Jesus somehow came to tear down the temple, to build a new temple of living stones where the Holy Spirit could dwell in us. And Jesus came and said, let nobody, you should not call anybody your father, because only one is your father, God who is in heaven. Jesus came with many things, but the Catholic Church changed that, because we got the holy place, we got the temple, and we got the Pope. The word Pope is coming out of the word Father. And there's many, many people around the world today who's calling, who's somehow, oh, the Pope, our Father. But it was not what Jesus came with. And I want to say that, that many things changed. And um, 
If we look at the chains, where do the chains come from? In the book of Acts, what was the Jews? And the Jews, they have like the holy day on Saturday. Uh, Jesus came and, and, and he, for him there was not like one day holier than another. Now it was a rest we can find in Jesus Christ. And there is some teaching about that another time. And Jesus came with something new. But then the Catholic Church came and they want to somehow build a big religion out of it and change a lot of things what Jesus has started. So they created a new holiday, Sunday. Why? Because Sunday was the day of the sun, the sun god's day. Because Constantine, Constantine, he was high priest in a sun cult. And he continued being a high priest until the day he died. So many things he did by worshiping the sun god, he took in to this foundation. So suddenly we got a Sunday holy day. Why? Because of Constantine and the worship of sun, sun god. Also he built a temple and he turned the temple to, uh, to east. So the priest he have sat down could get the sun in his head. And that why somehow at the same time worship the sun god. And a lot of things change in the Catholic Church today. During that, uh, compared to what we see there. And that change have a price. And, and I can say in the book of Acts. There is a testimony where you see Peter and John, they were out to, they were on the way to pray, and there was a lame man who was praying for arms. And they look at the lame man, and they said, gold, gold and silver we do not have, but what we have, we give you in the name of Jesus, rise up. And they took the lame man, and he got healed. And, and you see that all over the book of face. But during that period, it changed. Can a priest in the Catholic Church today say gold and silver we do not have? No. Why? Because they have a lot of golds. They have a lot of silver. Because now it's a big organization, a big machine, a big company. But they can, so they cannot say silver, gold we do not have. But they can also not say in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. Why? Because the Holy Spirit wants to be free. God, he don't want to, God is not blessing, confirming our traditions. He wants to confirm and bless his word. And when we started to change a lot of things and, and make a religion out of it and put God in the box, what is, what happened then? The Holy Spirit just went away. And the power went away. Their life went away. Why? Because we have built a foundation that's not the word of God. But when we again come out of this system and get changed, we are going to see the same again, like reading Book of Acts. So many things got changed during that period with the Catholic Church. And then in the, there was a like, we have a dark age, a lot of, many years where nothing happened. Of course, there have always been revival Christianity, different places, but in the big church, we got the Catholic Church and things died out. And many things during that period changed. Then in 1500, there was a guy called Martin Luther in Germany. He came with his 195 thesis on Wittenberg Church, the 20, 31 of October, 1517, 95 thesis. He put it on the church door. And out of that, we saw the beginning of what we call the Reformation. And we got the Lutheran Church. So we have the Catholic Church on to the 1517 where the Reformation started with Martin Luther. And I have a re re uh, Reformation and it was built on the truth, sanctification, or ju justification by faith. So Ma Martin Luther came with justification by faith, something the Catholic Church also have lost. But what you have to see now, is that it was amazing what Martin Luther did and what God used him to do. But to call it a reformation is somehow a good word, but at the same time, 
He didn't reform the Catholic Church back to the Book of Acts. Many things in the Lutheran Church today look like the Catholic Church. The whole system is still Sunday meeting, is still a priest who do the whole thing, is still a big church, is still um, like communing, is still a little bread and a little wine. In the book of Acts, it was like a feast where they ate together and got filled up with food. But it changed and became something religious during the Catholic Church and in the Lutheran Church, somehow the same. So Martin Luther came with justification by faith, yes. But he didn't reform the whole system back to the book of Acts. He didn't change the church back to the book of Acts. One more thing, like if we look at the, the book of Acts, I'm going to go through this later also. The book of Acts, Jesus came with a priesthood where we were all priests. And everybody could baptize, everybody could take communion, everybody could be part of this because we are all priests with one high priest, Jesus Christ. That changed during the Catholic Church and we got the system where we got the Pope. And then we got the Pope and the priests and nuns and monks and we got the whole system. And the lay people, something Jesus hates because we are all ministries and I'm going to go through that in the next lesson. But it changed. But then we got the Reformation. And in the Lutheran Church, what did Luther do? He took the Pope and threw the Pope out. So now we didn't have Pope. But he didn't change it back to the priesthood of all believers. While there was the fivefold ministry you read about in Ephesians 4, 4.11 where people was encrypting the saint. He didn't change that back. back. No. He just threw the Pope out and then he still have the priest and now eldership and now other things. So what you see is that we saw a reformation but the reformation was not fulfilled. It was just the beginning. Because it became a big system like the Catholic Church. So God, he had to send something more. He, he, he wanted to take the church back to the beginning. So he sent the next somehow revival. And we saw that starting in England in the beginning of 1600, the Anabaptists, the Baptist revival. And many people there got persecuted because of their belief in baptism of believers. And they got persecuted of the Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church and also a Calvinistic Church who was there. So they got persecuted and because of that they flee to Holland. And in 1609 they got the first like Baptist Church in Holland. And here I have it, the Baptist, Biblical Baptism of Believers. And this is what we got and we put it here. And again, you, you see the same thing when we talk about baptism. In the book of Acts, everybody got baptized the same day on their own faith. And baptism, if you look in the Greek, it was down underwater. It was like a burying underwater. And it was really important, so important that you don't see anybody in the book of Acts who came to faith without getting baptized. Uh, getting baptized. And it was so clear in the book of Acts, but it again changed during the Catholic Church because it became a state religion. So because it was for everybody in the states, it was not about faith anymore. So they somehow baptized everybody, every ch child, because then they don't have any choice. And, and we see the children baptism come in here and then we got the Reformation. But what with the Lutheran Church? Did Martin Luther change or reform the baptism back to what we read in the Bible? No. No. Because he continued in this baptism. He continued with baptism children. So you see again the reformation was not fulfilled. It was still building up something that was totally wrong. So we got the baptism revival. And out of that we got the biblical baptism. But it didn't stop there. After that. Because things started in a good way, it started always outside the church like a revival movement. It was always 
there, there was something amazing in it. There was a revival, there was a faith, there was a fire, but somehow it died out and became a system. So the Lutheran church today is not much Martin Luther. Martin Luther was much more radical than the Lutheran church. Also the Baptist church is not Baptist like there was when it started. And you're going to see that during every revival, everything started in, in amazing ways outside church. There was freedom, there was life, or it started inside and then it had to break out because somehow the box cannot keep what God is doing. Uh, but every time it became a new religion again, every time it became a new faith uh, society, faith network or, or, organi- or organization or what you call it, then it died out. And the same you can say, say with the Methodists, John and Charles Wesley, they came with sanctification by faith. Something Martin Luther had not understood. Because Martin Luther somehow believed that we were under sin and we could not do anything about it. But Charles and, and, and his brother John Wesley, they, they saw that, hey, God had called us to be holy. And Jesus not only came to forgive our sin, he also came to set us free and take the sin away. And there was something they understood. And it was an important truth that we are supposed to be holy as God is holy. So it came afterward here. And now I want to show something because what is very interesting is that in front of our eyes, the last many hundred years, you can see that Jesus or God is somehow restoring his church. Many of the truth who got lost during that time, he's restoring back to what we read in the word of God. Because if you go to Hebrews chapter 6, you will read what the foundation is of us as believers. And the foundation is repentance from evil deeds, faith in God, and baptism. Those three things is like somehow the foundation. Repentance, faith in God, and baptism. If you read in Hebrews 6. If we just take these three. Repentance, faith, baptism. Something we read in the book of Acts. Something the Catholic Church lost. But something God starts to renew. First we came faith. We are justified by faith. Not by arms. Not by coming in the church and doing the right thing. Faith in Jesus Christ. And. Baptism. In water and holiness, repentance. So you see, the things we saw beginning in the book of Acts got changed during this time, but God started to renew. And we and he, he continued that because the next thing you read about the book of Acts is something to do with the eternal life and then something to do with laying on our hands like receiving the Holy Spirit. And it was the next thing God he sent started. So we have the, the next thing I have here in the Adventist church, the hope of uh, Christ's second coming. The hope of Christ's second coming, the Adventist church, we put it here. And, and that started afterwards, we got the next one, I, I've written like Finney and Moody here. And a Baptist with the Holy Spirit. There was the Holy Spirit somehow to equip the saying to Eli, the Holy Spirit, not the gift, but the Holy Spirit, the power to be a witness. And something they came with, or God used them to bring, and other people at that time. And when that came, somehow we saw renewing inside of everything again, because the Holy Spirit came and the power and, and life started to happen. But still, if you look during this church history, we saw justification by faith. True. Sanctification by faith. Yes. Biblical baptism of believer. Yes. Hope of Jesus coming. Yes. And baptism with the Holy Spirit. Yes. The power. Yes. But the gift. The gift we read about in the book of Acts. Speaking tongues, prophesying, casting out demons, healing the sick. Something that got lost in the Catholic Church. And something those churches still are not building on. Why? 
Because this is not their foundation. Somehow, to be honest, their foundation is the tradition and not the Bible. And I know it's a pro, uh, pro, uh, it's promoting to say something like that, but you can just see. We are still, and I was also part of it, everybody I was is part of this history, and we are building on a, a wrong foundation. So today we have a lot of churches where you don't see the life, you don't see the gift, and you don't have the right theology also. So God sent something new, the Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Azusa Street, Los Angeles, 1906, Seymour. There was a group of people who were together praying, the Holy Spirit came, fall upon them, and, and the gift somehow got renewed to the church one more time. I put it here. At the same time, we had that. There was a new, another revival in Wales, Ever Roberts, amazing revival, where 100,000 people got saved in, in the first few months. And people really repented as radical and they closed down the jails and the pubs and everything and people start to s- stop stealing and swearing and, and, and a lot of things happened in, during the Wales revival in Wales. Um, out of that, there also came like a a truth that had been lost, and it was like the fivefold ministry, um, like reading Book of Acts. But again, it never become like reading Book of Acts because we still have like in those churches, we still have like the whole box like read with the priest, and then the fivefold ministry didn't somehow get the right place as reading Book of Acts. And I'm going to go come back to that later. Out of that, we got the Apostolic Church in Denmark. We have a movement, a network called the Apostolic Church, who have the foundation of the Wales Revival. This is some church history I have just taken you through. And we can learn so much out of this church history. We can learn why we're doing the things we're doing today. Because if we look at First start, we look at the, the whole setting, the box around uh, the life. Uh, when we look about the church building, they didn't have like a church building the way we have it. They didn't have a Sunday meeting the way we have it. They didn't have a Sunday worship order the way we had it, where everything looked the same, like put in a box. They didn't have that. And a lot of things changed during the Catholic Church. We got the building, we got the priest, we got the Sunday meeting uh, with the Sunday order, worship order we have today. That changed. And the Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church somehow looked like the Catholic Church. And every other church looked like the Lutheran Church. Sunday meeting, of course, they have on Saturday, but Sunday meeting, Sunday meeting, Sunday meeting, Sunday meeting, Sunday meeting, church building, everything somehow looked the same. And if you travel in the world today, almost every church looked the same. And, and, and every time we have a pastor who's standing with the word, in our church, in our, in church, we are building on the word and the word alone. And they're saying that, but they don't know that the whole foundation they are building on when it comes to the settings, when it comes to the building, when it comes to the hierarchy, when it comes to the, the church meeting, is not the Bible, but the Catholic Church in year 300 and forward. And because of that, somehow the life is drawn out of you. Because we are all called to serve God. I'm going to talk about that the next uh, lesson because we're all called to serve God. And if you just come in church and sitting and listening and not doing anything, somehow slowly you're dying. And this is what we are seeing today. Because this church setting somehow is not able to make disciples. And I want to tell a testimony out of my own life. I got saved in one of those boxes. I came in the church and I looked around me and I thought, this is what I see. This is the normal Christian life. And I, like many others, have a really desire and longing to serve God. 
And I was like, okay, how, how can I serve God? And I was like looking around, how can I serve God? Okay, I cannot sing. I cannot be part of worship because I don't have any tone in my life. Okay, I can like, I want to preach, but I cannot do that because this is taken by somebody else. So I became like an usher and then helped with practical things and it was okay. But I remember during, after some years, I had a longing for more. I want to preach. Because again, it was the only thing I saw inside of that church I could do. So I said to my friend, how can I come to preach? And he said that, okay, you can like build up, start in the Sunday school after some years. You can be a youth leader after some years. As a youth leader, you are going to speak one Sunday each year. And he told me that. And I looked at my hand, and if I did everything according to this system somehow, it would take me five years to get the chance to speak one Sunday each year. And somehow it opened my eyes because suddenly I looked around. And I was shocked because here was, here was many people who had been on Bible school who knew God, but where was the life? Now they were just coming and sitting and not serving and nothing was happening. And I saw that there is something wrong. And because of that, me and my wife, we went to another town to help some other people to build a church. And at that time, we were young, we were on fire, there was nobody over us, so we were free to do exactly what we want to do. And I remember to like, now we are free, yes. And I remember we are going to have our first Sunday meeting. So I like, what shall we do? You're going to preach. Oh, it's going to be good. I'm going to lead the meeting. Yes. Woo! Uh, but we also want to take up our offer, yeah, but, but we cannot just take up our offer and then preach, no. What if I like say welcome and then we have some songs and then we have information and then we take up our offer and then we have some songs and then you preach. Yes, let's do that. And somehow I was so happy until I look at the paper and I saw this is not different. This is exactly what we came out of. And this is somehow what we have to understand. I left something because I want to build a disciple. I want to change it. But it was one thing to leave the old thing. It was not a thing to get the old thing out of me. Like Moses, it was not so difficult for him to get the Israelite out of Egypt. But it was difficult to get Egypt out of them. They always look bad. And for me, I, I got saved and I came to a church. And when I left that short time later, and I want to build something new and want to make disciples, what happened? I end up with the old thing one more time. I end up with a Sunday meeting where we have like welcome, some songs, information, offer, songs, and then you preach, and then we take some uh, uh, communion. And it looked exactly like what I came out of. It looked so far away from what we read in the first church. They didn't have order like that. But now, many years after in Denmark, I had that order. Why? Because of my church background, because of the Catholic Church. Somehow, it had continued and we are all part of those traditions. And my story is that we left that place to another place and worked with church planning again. And each time I learned a little more, but somehow it was not easy to break out of this box, to break out of the tradition. But in the end, God gave me a dream and, and I experienced the freedom. And when I experienced the freedom, a lot of things changed. And I, I just want to say, um, yeah, we moved to another town. What happened is that, that there God somehow took us to a desert. We lost a house, we lost our money. My wife was sick at that time, laying in the bed. And I wanted to die, like four years ago or something like that. I was ready to die because I was like, God, where are you? We lost everything at that time. But when we lost everything, we found Jesus. And, and I had a period like two years and one and a half year where I was not a part of our church. So I was seeing everything from outside. And when I saw everything from outside, Suddenly I start to see things in a new way. It was like my glasses was coming off me and I saw things in a new way. And, and it created a new life for me. And I can, I can tell a testimony. I was fasting one time like 40 days at, at that period. 
And one day God spoke to me and said, Torben, and I was like, what? Go to Nakskov. Nakskov. Nakskov is a town in the other end of Denmark. And I, I just knew it was God. And I went home crying, oh, we're going to Nakskov. And, and it was so strong for me. So we went to Nakskov. And, and I came there and I was praying and said, God, now I'm here. What do you want me to do? And I went around praying some days and waiting for God. And then on Sunday there was a small Baptist church and I spoke there. I know a friend, uh, a friend who was pastor there. And there came a guy to me and I prayed for him. He had probably in the knee and he was going to get operated the week after. And I prayed for him and God healed him and he could walk up down the stairs without problem. After the meeting, he came to me and he said, Tom, I need to talk to you. And I said, yes, what? When did God speak to you about going to Nakskov? And I looked at him and like, first afternoon when I was praying on the field, three, uh, three o'clock, why? And he said, Torben, this is amazing. I found your website on Monday. And I also been praying to God Monday, t- Tuesday and Wednesday. God sent Torben to Nakskov so he can pray for me so I can get healed. And I was like, what? And when I heard that, I was like, whoa, here I am in the other end of Denmark, praying. God spoke to me, go there. I went there because this guy had been praying and he got healed. And I said to my wife on my way home there, this is what we want. We want this life where we are being led by the Spirit. And now I have hundreds of testimonies of this, how the Holy Spirit is leading Guiding us everyday life. Because when I start to break out of those parts of tradition. Suddenly I saw who I was. I was the priest. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was the temple. God could use me in everyday life. And, and, and it helped me to come back to the book of Acts. And every person I've been working with and training since. And giving this teaching. They have experienced the same. When they break out of those traditions and mindset. Suddenly they start to experience the life we read in the book of Acts. And this is my teaching. Most of my teaching is coming from that period where we went to a desert and saw things in a new way. And break out of those traditions. And I want to say from the beginning, um, and also want to say, I love the church. I'm not against the church. But I want to see a reformation. And like Luther the Catholic Church, when Luther started to reform the Catholic Church, they said to Martin Luther that he sent from Satan to destroy the church. But we knew that, know today that Martin Luther was not against the church. He just wanted to reform it. And I'm not against the church either. I want to reform the church. But my view of church is very different than other views of church. Um, and I've been speaking in many churches today, Pentecostal Baptists and and, and different kind of settings. And I can speak there and I can somehow respect it. But I believe if we really want to be effective in making disciples, we have to go down and look at the foundation. We have to change the foundation. Because you don't see if a church is a healthy church out of how many money they have. You don't see if a church is a good church out of how many members they have, how many people who's coming on the Sunday. You don't see it out of how many activities the church have. No. And especially you don't see it, like I said before, what is happening on Sunday. Because on Sunday, everybody's smiling and everything looks good. No. If you want to see if something is good and healthy, you can see it by the fruits. Do we create, create disciples? To, do people love Jesus and follow him and obey his word? Indeed, also, obey his words. And we're talking about a life with Jesus, not only Sunday morning, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so on. So if you want to see if a church is a good church, then see what people are doing, the young people are doing Friday evening. What are the older people talking about Wednesday afternoon? What do people do when they're together? Is it Jesus, is it the word of God that's coming out of their mouths or bad jokes? And, and, and I'm very bold in what I'm doing today because I see the fruits. People are becoming disciples of Jesus. People are growing. And I want to see a reformation of this. I want to see a reformation. And I believe many priests today also want to see that reformation. 
Because I met many priests who is somehow dying inside this system. They started off because they want to make disciples, but suddenly they end up with Sunday meeting, Sunday meeting, Wednesday meeting, Sunday meeting, and the life was gone and people was not growing anymore. And they are like somehow getting killed. And I've been priest in the tradition way also. And I was, my life was coming out of me. It was really hard. But now by changing the way, a lot of things happen. And I have a book about that. The, my book, The Last Reformation, you can see it on my website. And I encourage people to read that book. If you really want to go in to more details, uh, then read my book, The Last Reformation. You can buy it as an e-book, uh, Amazon, a website, different places. I have a link on my website, thelastreformation.com, where you can get the e-book or get the normal book. And I encourage you to read that. Read the last reformation because this is some of the history I'm taking you through and, and showing you why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, I want to say that if we talk about this, it's not only the problem is not only the church setting why we do what we're doing. The problem is also our theology. Because like we see the Catholic Church have a theology where they lost a lot of things and then it came justification by faith. The baptism baptism of believers, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Spirit and so on. But God had not created those truths for people to sit in their own uh, one box with the truth. And many today, in, especially in Lutheran countries like Denmark, is like, we are Lutheran. No, we are, it's, it's not, we don't need the Holy Spirit because we have everything in, in, in the Lutheran church. But, but no, it's not like that because everything is a truth. And I don't say that the last thing is the best because the Baptist church can really learn something out of the Methodists when it comes to sanctification by faith and holiness. So I don't say that this is the best. No. I believe what we are going to see is every truth somehow is going to come together. But it's not going to come together by all these big denominations come together and be one. No. Because you cannot do that. And, and today we are seeing somehow a false revival happen. Where many of the church is leaning to the Catholic Church again. And I'm shocked how Pentecostal priests starting to lean against the Catholic Church and the period about there, the church father they call. Don't go back to those traditions. Go back to the Bible, to the book of Acts instead of this. But they somehow are leaning to the Catholic Church and this is the false revival we are seeing happening right now. And just wait, it's going to happen much, much more in the near future. But the truth revival is that people is going to come out of those and the boxes is going to fall down. And then we are going to be united as one people. And if you meet around with people on the street and in the homes, there is no thing on your forehead, Pentecostal or Baptist. No, then you are just disciple of Jesus. And I believe this is what God wants us to do. Unite us as one people so we can learn and get everything right. Because you can have a truth, but if you have that truth alone without the other truth, you are wrong. Like, yes, you are justified by faith. But Jesus didn't say, go out and get people justified. No, he said, go out and get people to become my disciple. So they obey me. And to obey him, we need to bury the whole life also. We need to live a holy life. We need to focus on the eternal life. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the gift. So everything is something we need when it comes to be a to be a disciple and follow Jesus. I just want to show, take an example about theology, how, how bad this is. Because if I take 10 kids who is 10 years old and I give them the Bible, the four Gospels and the book of Acts, and I ask those 10 kids to read the Gospel and the book of Acts, and then I asked them, when is a person going to get baptized? The first Sunday after they came to faith, uh, after some month they, when they have re received some teaching in the church, or after many years when they feel like they are ready to get baptized. 
If the kid somehow have read the book of Acts, they will look at me and they will say, uh, none of these are immediately the same day. Why? Because this is so clear. It's so clear that 10 kids, 10 years old, can see that everybody who came to faith in the book of Acts got baptized the same day. Everybody. Everybody. Repent and get baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. They, it, it was the beginning at that time. And it was so clear for the 10 kids. But, if I here take five very smart people from East denomination who can read and who can Hebrews and who have been studying theology many years and I ask them the same question. When is a person going to get baptized? They're going to give me five different answers all after where they've been studying. And none of the answers is the truth. Because who of these is baptizing people the same day? None of them. Why? Because they don't fit in their boxes. So somehow we have set the word of God out of power because of our religion, because of our traditions. Because in this church denomination, in the box, it don't fit in that we baptize people the same day because we want to have it, we want it to happen in a church, in a meeting, and it has to be organized. And because of that, we are losing the power. We are losing the life because God don't confirm our tradition. He confirmed his words. And I've experienced baptizing people the same day where the Holy Spirit is falling. So people around them suddenly start to speak in tongues without anybody praying for them. Why? Because God liked it. God loved his word. God loved when we obey and honor him and do what he called us to do and not what our tradition tells us to do. So you see, those big smart people who can read in Hebrews cannot see what the word is saying, but ten kids can see it. And we often believe that it's all about traditions, but it's all about knowledge, all about teaching. And many people in churches today around the world think, oh, if I want to worship God and serve God, I just need to go to a Bible school. Bleh, wrong. To be honest, wrong. In the book of Acts, did, did they went on a Bible school? No. Did they know Jesus? Yes. Do they have a lot of knowledge? Yes. But it was by being together with him, not by studying a Bible school. I don't say Bible school necessarily is wrong, but the problem with Bible school is that when you are finished with the Bible school, you read the Bible with different glasses. For example, if I meet a, a person who has been studying theology, I can tell you what this person believes in without talking with him. I just have to know where he has been studying. If he has been studying in the Lutheran church, oh, you believe in this and this and this. Methodist church, oh, you believe this and this. Baptist church, oh, you believe in this and this. Can you see it? And it's like, they, they somehow, through their also when they grow up, when we get saved or grow up, we grow up in a church denomination, a church setting. And often we believe that what we grow up in is the only truth of what we study because everything we see looks like what we are doing is the truth. And we have, of course, smart people around us who, who, who know the Bible much better than us. So because of that, it must be the truth. But we forget everybody has smart people who know the Bible. And everybody believes what they're doing is the truth. But often we cannot see it because we read through these glasses. I have, for example, a friend who's, uh, friends who is Luther, priest and Luther uh, ministry, and are very smart in many ways. But when it comes to baptism, they cannot see it. And when I read what they are saying, I'm like, if I was a teacher in a school and they have signed, make that as an assignment, they're going to really get the lowest grade. Why? Because it's so bad their theology when it comes to that. In many other ways, they are very strong, but when it comes to that, it's very bad. But they cannot see it because of the glasses. Or they are afraid to see it because if they suddenly see it and change their view on baptism, for example, then they are going to lose their job, their friends, their money. They are going to lose everything because suddenly they are not inside that box anymore. 
And this is the problem that often hinders in getting the right theology and getting to know God. Our boxes. Our boxes. How often, if it was not a problem with the box, we will see all the time a, a priest read the Bible, hey, I become a Baptist, a Baptist uh, read about the Holy Spirit, oh, I become a Pentecostal. But how often do we see that? Not very often. Most of the time, what you got saved into the church setting, what you grow up to, Obin, you're going to continue the rest of your life. And you believe that you're so lucky that it's because you just grow up in the right church denomination who have the truth and the truth alone. I don't believe anybody has the truth alone there. I believe that we have somehow to get some truth from each one of those before we can get the truth. So I just want to say it's not only about theology. It's really about getting the glasses off you. And I don't want to discuss theology with people. I've, I've done that before, but, but I don't want to use a lot, a lot of time with discussing. I want to use time to train and do teaching like this. So people can get their glasses off them. And just start to read the Bible themselves with the Holy Spirit teaching them. Because when you do that, suddenly, whoa, you see things you haven't seen before. And now you also know why my website is called The Last Reformation. I have here, the Catholic system must fall and God bring us all together before Jesus is coming again. The Last Reformation. This is the name of my book. This is the name of the website. And this is somehow some of the teaching you have received here. I believe that we are standing in front of the Last Reformation because God in front of us the last many years have been building His church. And He wants us to take the glasses off us. He wants us to break out of our wrong foundation and come back to the simple but powerful life we read in the book of Acts. Like the people who came from Holland, they want to somehow learn to heal the sick. But I didn't give them a lot of teaching. We just took some coffee, talked about Jesus, a lot of different things. And then I took them to the street, like I've done with many other people. And in 20 minutes, they pray for sick people who have got healed at 40 minutes. It didn't take a lot of teaching. No. Because if we somehow showed a life, the way and train, the way Jesus did it, we can be so effective. And this is what I want to do with you during this Bible school, the next 20 lessons. I'm going to somehow take you back step by step to the life we read in the book of Acts. And I know nowadays many Christians, yeah, what about this and what shall we do? And what about this? And I say, relax. One step at a time. You're going to understand it later. But what I want you to do now, before I'm going to take the next lesson with you next week, I want you to take the Bible, the book of Acts, and then just start to read the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts. Start from the beginning. And when you read the book of Acts, then see the church inside of it. And then say to yourself, this is the normal Christian life. This is the normal Christian life. This is the normal Christian life. Read the book, book of Acts, and tell yourself, this is the normal Christian life. And somehow try to forget, try to forget what setting you are in. Try to forget what you see around you. And, and don't see, think that this is normal. The Word of God, the book of Acts, is the normal Christian life. So take the book of Acts, read it through, and if you want more, order my book, The Last Reformation. I think it could be good if you had that and, and read through that while we're doing this Bible school. I think it could be a great blessing for you. And otherwise, I want to see you next week and look forward. And next week, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to draw, and I'm going to talk about uh, a little more about the system, about the priesthood that we are all priests. And help you to create a platform in your life where you can grow. Because it's, in the West today, we have built a, a Christianity where it's all about knowledge. Uh, but it's not about knowledge. It's about knowing and it's about doing. 
And, and, and we think often, oh, I just need more theology, more Bible school, I need more education. But if you look at people who have been studying theology maybe many years, you more have been studying, you somehow you more or less useful they are in the kingdom of God when it comes to seeing growth, casting out demons, healing the sick, hearing from God, being led by the Holy Spirit. Because the theology somehow comes instead of the practical, simple obedience toward the word of God. And what I did with this couple is somehow so, from Holland, so reformation kind. It's so revival. It's like their life is totally changed. And it just took 20 minutes. And I talked with them and said that this is so amazing, but at the same time it's so simple. Nothing new. We just did what Jesus said in Luke 10, 9. Go out, heal the sick and preach the gospel. Okay, let's do it. But often we, feel, we, we build theology out of things instead of just doing. But to, for you and me to do it, we need a platform. We need to understand that Jesus wants to be part of our everyday life. Yeah, and I'm going to speak about that next week. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.